Hey yo, check this out. This is Flavor Flav, straight from the hood. What, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> RadioWhat.com What's up, party people? It's Keys Dan with RadioWhat.com, DJLittleRock.com, coming to you live and in living color from the Radio What Studios. And this is my podcast, What Makes You Famous? It's an extension of the RadioWhat.com internet radio station that I've been running for quite some time. And if you need DJ services, where do I always send you? DJLittleRock.com. One more time, djlittlerock.com. Check availability and get a free price quote, and maybe you can have me at your next event. You know, I like to party with the people. The people need to be entertained. Are you not entertained? Let me entertain you. All right, party people. Oh, I also want to draw attention to keysdan.com. That comes from uh, when I was back in the Florida Keys. That's where Keys Dan comes from. And since I'm talking today on the program to a Florida boy a florida man a man in florida not necessarily from florida i guess we'll find out more about that we're talking to jeff green today and i want to thank katrina tehedor of the geek unique cosplay and cos marketing to be more precise if uh you need some cos marketing if you need some marketing check out cos marketing and katrina tehedor she'll take care of you too sweet All right, this week's shows, I have one public show that's at the Rab in Conway, Arkansas, my regular Friday night gig in Conway, Arkansas, at 8 p.m. until 12.30 in the AM. They got the video dance party, karaoke jam, and the full bar, kitchens open, pool tables, pool tournament on Friday nights. So if you want to try to make some money on a Friday night, I encourage you to check out the Rab in Conway, Arkansas. Try your hand at playing pool. Just like Rod Stewart said all those years ago, Maggie May, you heard of it? (laughs) People of a certain age have probably heard of it for sure. All right, party people. Oh, on Saturday, I have private parties. Saturdays are made for weddings and private parties. And this particular Saturday, I have an interesting show. I mean, I know you're not invited or anything, but I'm kind of stoked. I like doing private parties. I do a lot of weddings. That's for sure. Weddings are definitely my specialties on on Saturday uh, evenings, afternoons into the evening. But uh, this weekend, I will be doing a birthday party that is morphing it's a kid's birthday party that starts pretty early and it's morphing into an adult's party towards the evening so it starts at five and it goes until 11 so i figure somewhere around seven or eight o'clock they're gonna put the kitties off into their children's area if you ever watch those sitcoms where they have children uh i suspect that you've uh, you know especially if they have yeah if they have children you never see the children all that much (laughs) sometimes they just go off into their children's area and who's taking care of them? We don't know. We don't know. Maybe they're just uh, Velcroed to the wall or something. <laughs> Go off to your children's area. We're going to do some sitcommy things. <laughs> all right, party people. I guess that's enough intro. Let's get into it with Jeff Green. Now, I'm, all I'm going to tell you about Jeff Green before we even start hemp. Learn the word hemp and cannabis. Yeah. All right, let's get into it with Jeff Green. I'm kind of excited. I got him on Skype, so if you're listening to the audio version, I encourage you to check out the video version on my YouTube page, youtube.com forward slash user forward slash keys Dan. Yeah. All right, Skyping Jeff Green now.
man is right on time. Oh, my <laughs> word. I text you that I'm ready, and automatically, you're there, man. You are very That's reliable. <laughs> That's first off the bat. Jeff Green is reliable. I'm going to put that in the in the bucket already, uh, in the checkbox. <laughs> so what's up, Jeff Green? This is Keys Dan. Good to know you. Good to meet you. Good to see you. Uh, tell the people who you are, man. Oh, man. Well, I appreciate you having me on. I am the CEO of Green's Reserve, uh, uh, Florida-based uh, hemp snuff company, uh, vice president of operations of the Florida Hemp Council, founder of the Costa Rican Hemp Council, member of the Hemp Advisory Council. So well, a lot of different things in the hemp industry. Oh, we got to talk here. All right. The first time that I ever heard the word hemp, and I don't think it's the first time. My mom was a big pot smoker from way back. She's been on the <laughs> podcast, so and she's told the, the story, and my fragile little mind got even more warped. Uh, after I got into uh, after I got into a discussion of what my mom did back in the 60s yes she was a child of the 60s so yeah. I, my experience with marijuana and hemp and and all that but there was a monologue and of all movies biodome Stephen Baldwin had a, a a little monologue and he was making an argument for purple sticky punch yeah. let's start there what is purple sticky punch and why is that one of the names for the uh, the, the substance that you're uh, hawking well yeah obviously hemp and marijuana are the same plant but two different uh, cannabinoids two different molecule molecules if you will um, purple sticky uh, names that are just out there to grab your attention uh, whether it be Stormy Daniels or anything else uh, are just different genetics of the plant. Uh, purple sticky is because just what it sounds it's a beautiful purple flower that's sticky and so that's you know it's not rocket science how they name these um, and you know back when Cheech and Chong were doing it they were doing the same thing <laughs> I get it man I get it what is it uh, Toledo window box that was yeah. one of my favorites from George Carlin. I, yeah. I had his, I had his record, uh, Class Clown, might have been where he said Toledo Window Box. And, and yeah. you can grow the stuff. Is it very okay? Let's start there. Where can you grow? Uh, well, I, I don't even want to call it marijuana because I've been I've been corrected yeah. on that so many times. Cannabis. Yeah, we'll use let's use cannabis. Where can you grow cannabis? So you can grow cannabis anywhere where you've got water. Okay. Um, <laughs> that sounds like the planet Earth to me, right there. <laughs> exactly. Uh, now it's going to go. It, it's going to grow better in some climates than others, and that's where the genetics come in. Um, there are, you know, Florida is great for the plant because for uh, several months of the year we're getting ten to twelve hours of sunlight, and the plant likes the sun. Uh, but um, with hydroponics and artificial light, you can grow indoors now. Um, you can grow, like I said, it is a water using plant though. So if you don't have uh, water, you're not going to grow the plant. It's going to wilt and, you know, not be very tasty. Well, I'm in Miami, South Florida, the Florida Keys. Keys Dan comes from the Florida Keys. I was in the yeah. fire department there from, tw uh, from 89 to 99. And I know when we worked kind of together with the law enforcement, uh, and, and I guess before that, I was a, uh, a security guard at the um, 
Holiday Isle uh, down in the Florida Keys, which is, uh, yeah. I don't know if you're familiar with uh, Kokomo, you know, where, where yeah. you know, they have their, they have a claim to the name Kokomo. Uh, a lot of yeah. people have gone over there. But I remember tell of square groupers would get up and get washed up. Your your business are are you doing it? I, I guess I, you know I don't want you to incriminate yourself, but is it all legal? The what you're doing, the the uh, the business you're you're in. Yeah, so uh, you know the, the keys and the kilos of cocaine were what grew the, grew the keys, but that's a whole other story. No, uh, I like that story, man. Uh, Scarface, <laughs> a, a lot of uh, hip hop artists and and yeah. a lot of uh, younger people uh, take that that movie to heart, but it's yeah. a true story. It's yeah, based. 100%. On a true story. I remember growing up in the Keys in the 70s, it was a sleepy little town. But then the yayo came in and banks and buildings started popping up. So marijuana, I mean, I'm sorry, cannabis and, you know, drugs is big industry. But you're on the yeah, legal so, side of it. Tell obviously, me about it. you know it's been interesting with the United States uh, destigmatization of the plant. Uh, really started with uh, the hemp plant. So what they did was they created a word called hemp and uh, morphed it from the cannabis um, because it didn't have a psychotropic property, and they created this 0.3 percent THC as a pull it out of the air number of THC that theoretically got you high. And actually, I'm doing some research on that right now because our product has 0.04% THC. So if you think of 0.3, 0.04 is a a hundredth of that. (laughs) So um, virtually no THC, but I had two of my employees actually use my product for a couple of weeks and take a drug test because I believe that even taking minor amounts of THC will build up in your system and either create a positive urine test or, uh, you know, some other form of of problem. So I believe that we're going to have to redraw the boundaries, and and we're doing that. Uh, Smell is no longer a search and seizure, um, you know, available number for police um we've actually made fifty thousand dollar police dogs worthless because they would train them to smell marijuana yeah that was that was the marijuana and now let's get back to cannabis cannabis is becoming more legal in more states than it's not uh, whether it be medical or recreational and what has happened is now you've got this group of doctors that are saying the cannabinoids in the plant cure things and our our side of the, the, the part of the plant can't say it cures anything because we're not medical. We're hemp is a recreational side or a nutraceutical side is what I like to call it. Your body has an endocannabinoid system that was discovered in the 90s, which basically creates a homeostasis in your body. So we've deprived our body of endocannabinoids well not the 60s but the 70s, 80s and 90s deprived ourselves of the of the cannabinoids for your body um for you know 60 70 years while it was illegal man jeff green you're a fountain of information i know <laughs> that if i picked your brain we could be on an eight-hour podcast but i, I know we're gonna we're gonna scratch the surface here uh, yeah. you know um the cannabis all right let's go back to william randolph hearst this is the one right. of the stories yeah. that i heard that he was instrumental on the war on drugs is it that he not only owned all the new, but he also 
was trying to sell paper and paper yep. products. So yep. cannabis became and hemp became a a a, a, um, a competition for him. Is yep. that what is the story that you've heard on that? Yeah, so you know, back when William Randolph Hearst and a gentleman by the name of uh, Harry Anslinger uh, partnered up and demonized the plant by saying that black men that smoke marijuana rape white women. And it was created a movie, pop culture on it, uh, did this narrative, uh, created 120 uh, countries that collaboration of uh around the world and then drew drew this drugs are bad culture in this country uh using marijuana as the poster child of what's bad um and so that's one of the things that we've been doing for the last 10 years is destigmatizing it and getting it to the point of you know having to reverse this culture uh, we're actually also in the process of writing a, a comic book series using a hip goddess and uh, demonizing uh, Detective Ann Slinger. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right, a play, a play on the name. I get what yeah. you're doing, but yeah. okay, I don't. Yeah, and I, I, is there legal ramification for using somebody's name? You're not using a uh, likeness. We're name, not using right? the name. It's Ann Slinger. It's I, not Ann Slinger. <laughs> I got it. I got it. All right. Well, cool, man. Well, t- tell me about this. Well, tell me about the comic book. It's all things geek. Uh, you know, I'm kind of interested in that as well. Uh, but yeah, uh, we're probably six months out from uh, production, but uh, we're we're storyboarding it now. We've gotten some of the characters. Uh, Hemp Goddess Comics is the is the company, and uh, we've got two fantastic illustrators working on it now, and a great storyteller, um, and some promoters. So we're getting there. We've got a good team. Uh, we're bootstrapping it, just like this. Everything else in this industry, you know, it, it takes money to make money. So you got to. Uh, try to make sure that all of your ducks are in a row, but um, we're excited about it. It's one of the things that I'm doing uh, kind of under the radar, uh, and um, we believe that you have to fight pop culture with pop culture. That's fantastic, man. You'll get the you'll you'll get the kids like the uh, well, like back in the day that they were getting the kids uh, using their media to uh, get them while they're young and, and really blanket it out. And, and you got to fight fire with fire. That's what you're doing. You're <laughs> trying exactly to, right. to uh, I guess it's an uphill battle. Uh, you know, if it's been going all these years with all these politics that have been uh, gotten into it and competition. Uh, okay. William Randolph Hearst, we, we've kind of skimmed over what he's, what he did. And uh, and Einslinger, see you you Einslinger, yeah. So you're yeah. you're already educating me. Uh, that's another <laughs> name that I need to look up into. And uh, yeah. you know, so after the, I guess that was back in the twenties, thirties when the newspaper that was, yeah, that was, was in the thirties. Uh, they went through and they created a uh, basically a, a movie that uh, demonized uh, you know African Americans and. Um, I can't remember the name of it right now, but it's just a ridiculous movie. And so it went through, obviously, all the way to Nancy Reagan's War on Drugs, or I guess Ronald Reagan's War on Drugs and all that stuff. Um, and that's the generation that I grew up in. Reagan was the first president, you know, that I was an adult for. And so kind of got um, understanding that. And it wasn't until really 15 years ago, probably, that I really even understood uh, that there were benefits to marijuana. I, you know, I was not a user. I didn't uh, do much of it in college. I, you know, it wasn't my drug of choice. And 
so I didn't really think too much of it. But then when Florida decided to legalize medical cannabis, um, I started doing more research. My uh, father-in-law was interested in it, so I started doing some research and then ran into uh, my members, uh, became lobbyists for them, uh, legalized hemp in the state of Florida through a research bill and a commercialization bill. That was two of the things that uh, I was uh, successful in doing through my lobbying career. And then created the Florida Hemp Council, which is a, the largest trade association for the industry in Florida. And then finally, you know, during pa the pandemic, uh, kind of was able to sit back and, and create a product. And that's what Green's Reserve is. Man, you're making moves. Is this something? Okay, I'm just looking over your, I, I don't do a lot of research for these things. I, 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 I want to learn from you. Uh, and I want you to unfold it the way that you want. But I did see your hometown is Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, Jeff Green, uh, what's a young man in Atlanta, Georgia doing? As, you know, I guess we, we have similar similar upbringings. My, my mom, she was all into it. And I guess I was 18. She offered me a hit. I lived uh, pretty close to where you are in Western Florida. I was in yeah. Unincorporated Broward out there on Griffin Road in U.S. 27th in that yeah. area. Yeah, you were close. Uh, I guess a 202nd Street was uh, where I was living, Southwest 202nd. But uh, she offered me my first hit, and, and I think it was just after my 18th birthday, and I said no. I, I, I rebelled against her, you know, yeah. but I like yeah. the smell of it. I like being around it. I like the uh, the qualities that, that are being brought out with the uh, the medicine and such. But tell me. Did you get into that, any of it, in uh, Atlanta, Georgia at all? Did when you were no, a kid? Uh, matter of fact, I left Atlanta when I was about 10. Uh, my parents retired out to Texas, so I spent uh, my teenage years and, and early 20s in Texas. Um, went to Texas A&M, the most conservative campus in the country at the time, um, and then uh, graduated, moved out to California for a couple of years, didn't really get involved with it. Then moved back to Atlanta. Uh, Atlanta in the 90s, well, Atlanta in the 80s was not Atlanta in the 70s. Ah. Um, it was two different cities. Uh, and then moved up to Greenville, South Carolina, had my kids, uh, and then moved down to Florida about 16, 17 years ago now, and been down here ever since. Married my second wife down here, and we've lived happily ever after so far. Yeah. Well, I mean, so tell me about all the places. Texas, uh, I know that the, that Austin seems to be the the one bright, you know, blue center in the whole red state where it's it's very conservative. Uh, you know, but uh, it, it's well, it's getting bluer. You know, Austin okay. was is, was always the most liberal uh, city of Texas. But what you're finding right now with the the migration of uh, immigrants into into Texas is a kind of bluing up from the uh, Brownsville area all the way up into uh, San Antonio. And then, uh, you know, even some of Houston and Dallas um, are starting to get more. Uh, democratic and that's why you're seeing you know the beto o'rourke's of texas actually being competitive um I, I still have a ton of friends in texas they're all conservative well most of them are conservative and you know there's uh, the parties are kind of both broken at the moment um the so there's a lot of folks disenchanted with the democrats a lot of folks disenchanted with the republicans i think most of us are libertarians at heart and 
Yeah. Uh, I, I don't uh, think I can be a complete libertarian because that's anarchy, right? You got to have yeah. some rules. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I can't consider myself on one side or the other. I don't believe yeah. everything that a Democrat believes or everything that a Republican believes. I can't do right. it. So I, right. I think most of us are living down here and down the middle, uh, yeah. you know, trying to make our way, thrive and survive, taking care of our, our families. I you, you say you have children and a wife, so yeah. you definitely have people that uh, that you have to take care of, and that's pretty much all we could do is take care of the people in our own front yard, and then and then maybe you know kind of branch out into the community and uh, yeah. do what you do. But you've already done it. You you wanted to see a change in the criminalization, and you became a lobbyist. When did that happen? So in. Let's see. This was, I became a lobbyist probably in 2008. I got out of the mortgage industry in 2008 whenever, when the mortgage industry died. Yes, that's uh, a big bubble right there. Yeah. And, uh, started looking at things to do. Um, my wife and I, girlfriend at the time, wife now, uh, started a couple of different businesses, one being a natural gas business, uh, was deep into the uh, energy side, compressed natural gas. And that's when we really started lobbying. Uh, 2008, Boone Pickens was a big supporter of natural gas, and uh, we launched uh, a natural gas company in Florida, built about 15 natural gas stations in Florida and up and down the East Coast. Um, and then I sold that company out to a California-based organization, um, gosh, about 10 years ago now, and kind of just sat around for a few months. Um started doing my ancestry.com started just you know gaining weight and my wife told me to go do something so went down to uh, Florida International University I was a Sigma Chi at Texas A&M went down to FIU and started mentoring the kids down there and three of the FIU kids were the marketing company for a big CBD company in Fort Lauderdale and so um, met the founders of Green Roads, which was the company that hired me to get into the space. Uh, became a distributor for them for a while, um, and then a lobbyist for them. And um, at that point in time, you know, the the task that they presented me with was, we want to pass a research bill. We want you know research done on the plant, and uh, they uh, ne negotiated for them and with them a $1.3 million endowment to the University of Florida. Wow. I mean, yeah, so it was you, it was a fun few years. Uh, so those, I worked for them uh, through uh, my lobbying company for about three years. Um, and at the three-year mark, we pretty much passed the research bill, passed the commercialization bill, passed a glitch bill that fixed it. You know, most of these lobbyists don't like to pass bills because they work themselves out of a job. I, I liked passing bills because it was cool. Um, it's nice to go in and have a unanimous vote on a bill in a Florida legislature. You give me um, a little insight on that because, all right, yeah. where, where did you get the schooling for this? At Texas A&M, what were you studying that gave you the, the so, knowledge there? Or, or, or was that, you know, that not what you wanted to do when you grew really, up? Really, lobbying requires no schoolwork. Um, the, <laughs> lobbying is essentially knowing the system. And in Florida, the legislature is 40 senators, 120 um, you know, uh, representatives. And you got to get a majority in each, and you got to get the governor to sign your bill. And a lobbyist does nothing more than explain what their bill is all about. And so we went up, and as luck would have it, the first time that I took my client to Tallahassee, seven of the chief of staff happened to be Sigma Chi's. <laughs> and so um, I was able to use my connections uh, to uh, get uh, the system, you know, 
working for us. And from there, it's just a matter of talking to people and answering their questions. We, you know, the Florida legislature are a hodgepodge of experts, doctors, lawyers, business people that got disenfranchised with the system. Uh, it's a plethora of different people. Um, and you have to talk to them and, and answer their questions and explain what your bill's about. And if you do that properly, your bills get passed. If you do it poorly, they don't. Well, now, that's, that's, obviously, depending on the contentiousness, uh, you've got you know topics out there that um, are going to be more difficult to pass because of the nature of the topic. Hemp had very little opposition. We, I had to go in and explain to the legislators that it didn't get you high. Once I differentiated that hemp doesn't get you high and, and cannabis does, that was pretty much the end of conversation. If it doesn't get you high, let's research it. That was pretty much their answer. Well, it's nice that you had the, the leg in, uh, knowing the Sigma Chi uh, a secret handshake. Uh, you know, that was good. So that, that that's a plus side for going to school. That That's for the kids that think that they can learn everything on YouTube. I'm, right. one, I'm one of these that are thinking... You know, it's all out there on the internet. If you if you need to know something, you Google it, and and then you know, five seconds later, thirty seconds later, you got a, a basic knowledge of it. But going to school, you get those connections, you get that networking. That's a bonus. There is that 100%. you had the end. Yeah, and well, and, you, and then if you Google something, don't always trust the source. Ah. Uh, that's the other half uh, that you can learn because. Uh, you know, the problem that I see today is the paywall has been the differentiator between education and non-education. Uh, newspapers tried to figure out how to monetize themselves and they created a paywall. And all that really does is keeps poor people from being able to read the news. Yeah. I mean, one of the things that I, I did when I was in, in South Florida was on terrestrial radio down there uh, working at, at uh, 105.5 in the morning. And one of the things that I used to like to do was grab a paper on the way in. And, yep. and spout off some things that I found interesting, not just the front page, you know, but yep. go to the third, fourth, fifth page and go to the sports section, go and find something in the newspaper. And that's something that that it's being spoon fed to you now. The, the social yep. media. Uh, I mean, I'm, here I am looking at your Facebook page, knowing that the feed is feeding me only what it thinks it wants me to uh, to, to hear or whatever I will be antagonized with so I could stay on that uh, on that yeah. on that site that much more yeah. longer. Yeah, and the, and the headlines are, are meant to, to for clickbait. If you don't click on it, they don't get paid. So it's it's a it's a messed up or you know, messed up system that I don't think paywalls are the answer. I don't know what the answer is, to be honest with you. Right. Uh, how to monetize the newspapers and the radio stations uh, and you know, deep uh, partisanizing uh, network television. I, you know, I don't know the answer, but uh, I know that currently, in my belief, you should have to put propaganda and news in the upper right-hand corner of your uh, news programs. And if it's propaganda, it should be labeled as such. And if it's news, it should be labeled as such because 90% of Fox, CNN, MSNBC is propaganda. <laughs> now, I think one of the statements that, of the week for me has been trying to sift through the lies to get to the truth. It's yeah. it, and is it is it my truth? Is it somebody else's truth? I mean, all yeah. I can do is believe what I believe and, and and try to live my life as a good person. But that guy next to me is trying to live his life as a good person, and he thinks a totally different way than I do. 
So, yeah, because he's being fed that information, and that's the problem that we're running into. We're a long way away from cannabis, by the way. <laughs> well, I mean, I know we are. I know we are, but uh, maybe everybody should have a smoke and a smile. Uh, no, I, I don't. I don't even know if you actually uh, indulge in the in the smoking part of it, or the edible part of it, or the CBD part of it, or yeah. or any of the. So, yeah, the you know the CBD side of it that is uh, inflamed, or if I've got a pain, I'll use uh, CBD. I also use a chiropractor. Um, I you know I'm a big fan of your body will uh, heal itself if you allow it, and that's you know certainly stuff that I've gotten involved with. The some of the topicals are good. Obviously, we we're created the hemp snuff to be a tobacco alternative. I think tobacco is um, you know probably the worst thing that we've come up with as a as a as a plant um and you know this is a solution to that and and, you know the funny thing we're saying right now is for all you guys that dipped copenhagen for 20 years now all you got to do is dip our stuff for another 20 and you'll cure everything that you screwed up for the last 20 well i lived out there in weston i went to davy high davy uh uh, western high school in davy florida right down the street from where you are class of 86 rules (laughs) and I, i and if you're if your kids are still of age they're probably going to that school aren't they uh, they ended up going to Cyprus, but yeah, uh, they were they were in, we were in Weston at the time, so they went to Cyprus. Okay, uh, and Cyprus and Western have a nice little rivalry. So. <laughs> uh, yes, I mean I I don't even I don't even think Cyprus was there back in '86. No, it, I don't think it was either. I think it was built after that. Okay, I was the uh, the second cl- graduating class that went through all four years uh, back okay. then. Gotcha. So yeah, yeah. I mean, so we we've chewed some of the same dirt, and I guess yeah. you're you're still <laughs> chewing it. My my yeah. um, my best friend in the the whole world is out there john canada um the third and i think his dad had something to do with the uh with the city and planning before he retired so you you might have run into him when you were doing your lobbying yeah. and such like that Name, name's familiar i um dan uh oh man i'm drawing a blank right now uh was uh, mayor when i was uh, uh Sturmer was the mayor when i was living in weston um and then I'm living in Pembroke Pines now with Frank Ortiz and Angelo Castillo as my representative. So it's uh, it's a good group of folks down here trying to do the right thing. Well, it's nice to know your representatives, too. I I guess they live in Sunshine Ranches, which is uh, down Griffin Road. Southwest Ranches. Southwest Ranches, down Griffin Road, uh, 197th. I don't know, somewhere around there. But, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean you're you're taking me back to to uh, my glory days. I'm reminiscing. Well, my, my wife went to Coconut Creek High School, so we're uh, in the same general uh, age group. And uh, my wife's a native, and you don't find a lot of native Floridians. I've only met a handful. Yeah, born in Miami, I moved up to uh, Fort Lauderdale about uh, seventh grade, uh, eighty two, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, yeah, yeah, and, and then I moved to the Florida Keys right after right after high school, and uh, started uh, my. Uh, you guys. Gonna secede from the state? What's that? You guys gonna secede from the state? Well, uh, I remember when the uh, Conch Republic did secede <laughs> back in the '80s, and we uh, had our own flag. I think it was in a drunken stupor. Um, the mayor of Key West said, "I'm not getting enough uh, uh, enough aid here," so they seceded from the union and, yeah. and declared their independence and applied for financial uh, foreign aid. Now, yeah. now <laughs> that awesome. that didn't go over very well, uh, <laughs> but they, they that was a, that was a fun time. You could still get Conch Republic uh, flags from down yeah. there. Yeah, I, no, we I, have a good time when we get down to the Keys. It's a lot. Of, it's a it's a neat place. The people there are unique. 
Uh, no better way to put it. And yeah. it's just, a, we have a lot of fun. Well, I, you know, I've been almost all over the state of Florida and, and the people all over the state. The the best entrepreneurs, I think, are in Florida. The best, uh, you know, our factory is in Ocala, Florida, in okay. central Florida. I went to fire school there. Yeah. Um, and it's just, uh, we've, you know, we launched uh, Clean Cities Coalitions back in natural gas. We launched them in Tallahassee, uh, Tampa, Naples, Jacksonville. Um, and Gainesville. So we were all over the state um, launching uh, Clean City initiatives. Well, that um, that in itself is an amazing feat that you've done, uh, Jeff Green. How big was that company? I know you said you sold it to, to California. I mean, but how, how big was did you build that company? And how what, what did you start with when you said, I wanted to get into clean, uh, clean gas? Yeah. We started with a, a borrowed credit card in $300 and built it to a a multi-million dollar operation so <laughs> it's what you it, that's the american dream right there yeah. you yeah. know you, you come you start with nothing and you yeah. build something and that, yeah. that had to make you feel really good how many people were working for you at the time yeah when we got to full capacity we had i think 10 or 15 uh, employees and you know what's crazy is with green reserve we're already up at 20 employees um we're a smaller company with more people um, but it's 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 interesting because um, we're getting you know we're especially through the pandemic we're, we're giving people a lifeline that wasn't there um, we've gotten the benefit of hiring a couple of veterans now and we're getting some incentives for hiring them but at the end of the day it's uh, we needed people and the people stepped up and we've got a loyal team we just signed a lease today on a new building that we're going to be getting GMP certified. Uh, so that's going to be going through the next 30 days. Uh, our, ma- our automation equipment arrives from India September 28th. So um, we're going to start uh, launching uh, both pouches as well as the loose cut. Um, so there's, uh, and I tell you what, Dan, I've learned more science in the last six months that I've ever wanted to know. <laughs> yeah, you've already went through math. I didn't know there was yeah. going to be fractions in this. Earlier, you said the point three and the point four. Yeah. I get it. Uh, you know, you have to be a little smart in in anything or else you're going to get taken advantage of. And I'm glad yeah. that you, you have that base knowledge that you got at Texas A&M and, and beyond. But uh, Jeff Green, you tell me, all right, you, you mentioned, Mar- I mean, you mentioned uh, smoking. And I remember watching all the movies in the 40s and 50s. If you see a doctor on there, uh, he'll generally be having a cigarette and saying, well, Jane, you, you seem like you're a little anxious. Have a smoke and that'll uh, that'll calm you down. Calm you right yeah. down. But our thinking changes just like the cannabis has our thought process has changed. And all we can do is keep educating which is what you're trying to do with your company and you've also been educated because when we grew up in the 70s and 80s it was say no to drugs uh, i think nixon was uh, big time into into you know the war on drugs right and right. then as soon well as- and i think you know i think to be honest with you it, we trusted the fda uh up through the 90s it wasn't until the opioid crisis that we started there was a chink in the armor of the fda um, and I think that that chink in the armor has allowed cannabis uh, to really uh, s- slide in and take advantage of it because today the FDA is slow playing cannabis. If it was the FDA's decision, we would still be on the sideline. 
What, how do you mean? What's a, a slow play? Uh, so uh, slow playing means that uh, the FDA has been uh, studying cannabis for the last God knows how long and been implored by the federal legislators to make a decision on what they're going to call cannabis, whether it's going to be a nutraceutical, whether it's going to be a drug, whether it's going to be a recreational, over-the-counter, whatever it's going to be. And the, the directive of the Food and Drug Administration is to regulate food and drugs. And it's either going to be a food or a drug. <laughs> right. Absolutely. And, and, and people, so, people still trust the FDA. And, and well, I guess now with the, uh, I guess Pfizer has been fully approved as an FDA. Um, uh, but you're still, you're hearing some doubt now that even with an FDA approval that it's a good, that's a good buy vaccine i'm a i'm a big believer that it's a good vaccine but the yeah. reality of it is is that you know the op- the opioid crisis created that mistrust in our regulators and that's what allowed quite frankly allowed cbd to get on the scene uh, cbd grew so fast that the regulators couldn't shut it down had cbd grown slowly um and you're watching this with uh, kratom kratom is another uh great medicinal drug uh, plant is being demonized by the FDA and they're trying very hard to make it illegal because it's battling other pharmaceuticals. Okay. Um, so you're saying we, big, big pharma is in on this, that they're, they're combating uh, the ability for you to, uh, well, I don't even know what crater kratom is. I, I've never heard of it. it it's, a, it's another uh, uh, plant pre- predominantly grown in Southeast Asia that you crush up into a powder and make into a tea. Um, allows some uh, relaxing properties and um, the, the science of it is that the kratom plant uh, attaches to the same receptacles as opioids. So it, it hits that same receptacles in your brain. But um, to you know, to that point, are we battling with big pharma? Yeah, GW Pharmaceutical is a pharmaceutical company that tried to uh, monopolize the CBD and THC molecules, uh, saying that they uh, they have a drug that's got both of those elements in it, and so they should be the only people to get to use those molecules. Well, they've already got us over a ba- over a barrel because uh, to get a distribution plant, you have to have millions in the bank to open up a, a distribution center. Uh, well, and, and to get into cannabis, uh, to medical marijuana, that's correct. But in, in the hemp space, we're, we're a horizontal company. So you don't have to do everything. You can be just a farmer. You can be just a processor. You can be just a manufacturer. You can be just a retailer. So you know, to get into retail, you can do that for $150,000 or less. To be a manufacturer, you know, I've spent uh, just shy of a million dollars so far, so it's not the cheapest, but it's uh, it's not fifty million dollars um, to get into growing. Um, you just got to buy some seeds and have some land. There's a little more to it than that, but you know I what suspect. I'm saying. <laughs> I suspect yeah. it's going to be, you know, it has to be regulated in one yeah. way or another. You have to apply uh, for well, in the state a of license. Florida, though, growing hemp, uh, there's a zero dollar license. OK, um, there's a reason uh, to move back to Florida. Yep, yep. <laughs> no, we, um, we do have uh, five distribution centers in Arkansas. That's where I find myself now. Okay. And we do have five. But I, I think that they're that people are getting, uh, you know, the little guy can't get can't do his own growing in his backyard but you say that, right. that that's something you could do in florida 
it, only on the hemp side. On the on the medical marijuana side, it is still regular. But they're they're about to issue 19 more licenses in Florida for medical marijuana. So it's um, it it is starting to become a little less uh, good old boy network. Of, you know, having millions of dollars. You're still going to have to have millions of dollars. Let's not kid ourselves. You're still going to have to have millions of dollars to get into the medical marijuana space. It's just too expensive because in the medical marijuana space, you have to be vertical. You have to do all of those things. You have to grow it process it, manufacture it, and sell it retail. So you've got those numbers that I just said for each one, you've got to have all of those numbers to uh, succeed. Well, it sounds like like you've uh, worked hard and you've been very successful and and you've taken uh, what you made from from your other uh, businesses and you were able to turn that into something else that became a a passion project, uh, I suppose. What I mean, what did get you into the 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 cannabis? Uh, I mean, was that some something that you used even before? Well, you know, I've always liked um, emerging markets. I mean, the compressed natural gas industry was relatively new when we got into it. Um, I was uh, on the cutting edge of the mortgage industry. We were doing um, non-conforming loans and uh, FHA and V early um, low down payments. Getting, you know, I started in the in the mortgage industry getting refinancing. Uh, the Carter administration loans where they were 13, 14% down into the 8% range. Um, and now you know, we're looking at a 3% mortgage on our house. It's just insane where we've gone. The, the rates are so low right now that I think this generation doesn't know what uh, an 8% mortgage is going to do to them. Yeah, I'm a brand new homeowner myself. I'm very excited yeah. about that. It's nice yeah. to have a piece of land. I, I hadn't yeah. owned anything since I owned a condo in Weston, uh, you know, yeah. and, and, yeah. and up, up, from then until now, I've been renting, and yeah, yeah. yeah us too. We just bought a little over a year ago, and uh, but uh, to get so the emerging markets were always my passion. Um, in the natural gas, I was got into it before it got regulated, and got out when it got regulated. In the cannabis, I got into it when it was unregulated and regulated it, kind of. So it's uh, you know it needed some regulation. What you know, we were at a trade show this week and. Uh, I went into a room and didn't know a soul and I've been in the space for six years now and um, since COVID we've got a bunch of new people in the space and that's both a good thing and a bad thing Uh, a lot of folks that have never been in business at all (laughs) and those are the folks that don't know that you have to have a reseller certificate that you have to file with the state that you have to pay your taxes that kind of thing and so we're going to have to you know suffer through the big guys are on the sideline right now because of the fda when the fda comes in and says it's a food or it's a drug the big guys can now say here's my billion dollars let's own this market but they're not there yet and so you've got a bunch of little guys that are trying to make it and some guys trying to fake it until they make it and some of them not very good at it well jeff green if when you go to these conventions is it How's the community? Do do you feel like you're getting you know some love here and there? Absolutely, the community is the most the, the most diverse and the most inclusive of any industry I've ever been in. I like that. Um, you know, both from a minority based, female based, gender uh, identification based, it's been across the board the most inclusive, and I feel like that's fantastic. Um, now, like I said, there will be a day when the billionaires right now. Uh, hundred heirs, thousand heirs, and millionaires are in the game. When their billionaires get into the game, it may change. I, I know that there was mock-ups in some of the magazines that I saw. Um, Marlboro, 
had uh you know like a marijuana cigarette or a cannabis cigarette and, and, and like a, a pack of marlboros but i don't yeah. i don't even know if that's a real thing Did, are they into it at all or are the big co- company yeah, so, rj Reynolds? yeah i talked i tried to get altria to copac for us when we first started um and when i talked to their general counsel they weren't they weren't ready yet but she told me that prove concept and we'll buy you so they they're they're watching closely wow so there's another company that you're going to turn over, and then <laughs> then what next? Because you know your wife's going to yeah, say, yeah, "Get out of the you're house." Absolutely right. I, I, I don't know what the next emerging market's going to be, but it's it will be something that is unregulated and and emerging. That's that seems to be the the mo of, of what i do all right well three the three main things that you have on your facebook page is uh, greens reserve and your vice president of marketing at the uh, florida hemp council and president jeff green and associates take me through real quick what what those are and then we'll uh we'll wipe we'll uh, wind this thing down well okay. green Re- ceo at green reserve that's the hemp snuff that is uh you know, full spectrum hemp snuff uh, replacement to your Copenhagen and Skull. Order for that, or is that all online? We are a distributor and a manufacturer, so we manufacture in Ocala, Florida, and uh, we're going right now. We are in about a hundred different retail stores nationwide, and we're on Amazon. Well, you can name uh, where to where to find that stuff. Let's you can that find, uh, all the natural life stores in Florida, the Chillums in Tampa, uh, Sitgo in Davie, and uh, on Amazon. <laughs> and it, it is marked with Greens Reserve? Greens Reserve, yep. Very good. Nice to have your own your own brand, man. I, I know yep. Willie's got his own brand, right? <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool, man. It's nice to have your name on something. So the Vice yep. President of Marketing at the Florida Hemp Council, is that, that is uh, the... That's the trade association, the 501c6 trade association for the, the hemp industry in Florida. We are the largest uh, membership paid organization in Florida for the hemp industry. If people want to get involved in this, that's where they go? It's, uh, the the FL, like Florida, H is in hemp, C is in council.org. Fantastic. And then the president of Jeff Green and Associates. And that's my lobbying company. That's the company that got the three hemp bills passed and uh, natural gas bill passed back in 2008 and will uh, work with local municipalities if you want to get your medical marijuana uh, dispensary in it or however we need to do it. Uh, that's that's my umbrella for all of my lobbying efforts. It's so funny that you still say marijuana even though that there's connotations. I, wasn't it, it was a, a slur uh, for the the Mexican yeah. Mary Jane, maybe. Yeah. yeah. Well, but in Florida, they made med, uh, medical marijuana treatment centers as the defined term of MMTC uh, for legalization. So you kind of have to on that side. Yeah, you do. I, okay. And I, I, yeah, I wonder Native American and Indian, even the Indians yeah. call themselves Indian. So the terminology, I'm still kind of stuck on what to, I know I need to be called I, I, cannabis. I always defer to cannabis unless you have to do something because of uh, nomenclature. Okay. So what can you make with cannabis? I, is it, uh, is it paper? You can make products? damn near anything um, yeah. from the, from the hemp plant you can make rope you can make dip you can make clothes you can make energy you can make car parts you can make plastic you can make food you know there's you can make clothing you can make towels there's a woman in jacksonville making towels um you can just pretty much do anything with the hemp plant on the medical marijuana side on the cannabis side you have uh, medicinal properties, high THC, um, 
you've got sativa and indica that will either give you energy or make you sleepy. Okay, That's I the, did talk the to somebody thing else. The beautiful thing about the plant is it will either give you energy or make you tired. It does both. Right. I talked to somebody, sativa and indica. Those are the, the big two. One yep. of them does the energy and one of them calms you down. Yep. Which one's yeah, which? Indica, indica calms you down like in the couch. In the couch. Good to know. Stalagmite, stalactite. Okay. This is good <laughs> mnemonics. Very good. Uh, and then sativa gives you energy. Very cool. Hey, uh, now uh, some of the old timers, I'm watching some of these uh, these documentaries, and they're saying that with all the distributors and the way it's regulated, you cannot find that stuff that gives you a mellow high. It's all getting so strong. There's so much THC keeps getting pumped. That's something that a problem that's been happening. In somewhat, yeah. I mean, the the younger generation just wants, you know, a lot of the people that come into the MMTCs just want to get high. Hmm. Um, you've got probably maybe 10% of the market that cares about the, that are connoisseurs. It, it kind of like wine. Uh, wine's a good example of, you've probably got 10% of the market that will ever pay more than $100 a bottle for wine. Gotcha. Well, I'm, I'm still working for the man, so I, I can't partake <laughs> myself yet. But uh, I, I do... In my retirement age, in my golden years, I, I think I want to, you know, try an edible here and there and, and get into the mushrooms and, and find out what, what it's all about. Yeah, Maybe mushrooms is the, the next emerging market. Mushrooms have caught fire. Yeah. I mean, are, are any of those uh, products, are you, are, is your company making the, the rope and the, ha- the, uh, the clothes well, or any of that? Right now, we, we decided to, t- our, we picked our lane as hemp snuff. Um, now, do we do some other stuff uh, as a result of some mistakes we made and some things we ran into? Yeah, maybe. Uh, so you may see some more products coming from us in a few months. But my goal in the space is you pick your lane and you do it well. You can be the you know jack of all trades or the master of one. Hey, Jeff Green, you're not your uh, typical pothead, man. You're very lucid and, uh, you know, you're not what, what you see in the movies. You're very thoughtful and you're educated. And I, I appreciate the, the chance that we've gotten to talk. And yeah, it was nice talking with you. I appreciate that so much. Any uh, shout outs you want to give to the people that have helped you along the way? Any uh, words of advice or anything? Well, you know, Green Roads just sold their company to Valens out of Canada for $70 million or so. So I think they're doing all right. Um you know, the Hemp Council, we've got a great board of directors, um, just CBD out there, Star Manufacturing is out there, um, just met uh, a ton of people up in um, Ocala, you know, Bruce Knox is coming into the space, was in the medical marijuana space, is moving over to the hemp space. Uh, so there's just a ton of folks that I can give uh, credit to for for taking me to where I'm at. The Jeff Tate and and his team down in uh, FIU. Had I not met those guys, I probably wouldn't be here at all. So give them full credit. Um, and it takes an army. You know, you cannot, the, there's so much you got to know. So much you got to know that if you just go on Google and try to Google it all, you'd be there until you're 80. <laughs> and it's nice that we have people that, that we can, uh, that we could stand on the shoulders of giants that have come yep. before us. Uh, so, uh, all right, let's let you get back to your lovely wife. I've seen her go up and down the stairs uh, 20 times. <laughs> Help her with that laundry, man. Uh, but, uh, you know, I usually like to finish these things off with last words for the people. And I, I don't want this to be the last time that we talk. I know as time progresses, when you get that next emerging market, after you you've uh, exhausted all avenues of the hemp industry and uh, sold it for a pretty penny 
Uh, you know, but uh, I want you to give the last words of the people, some words of advice, uh, something you heard a long time ago, or maybe a mantra you wake up with, or whatever yeah, well, pops I mean, into your head I, at this, this moment the in same time. Thing, this was the same thing that I just uh, gave at the hemp conference up in Orlando. Um, this is an emerging market. If you want to get into the space, figure out what you want to do, figure out if you can do it, figure out if you can make money doing it, and do it. <laughs> and that's pretty much it. There you have it, party people. Jeff Green. What a cool dude and a smart dude. You know, if you want to get smarter, you talk to smart people. There's a man who's a go-getter. He goes... You know, he sees something that he wants and he goes for it. I, I like that. He studied a little business in Texas at AM. I guess he was an Aggie. I, I don't know a lot about sports. I, I Even though I did work at a sports station in uh, Little Rock for a little while, uh, I, I know we talked about Texas AM sometimes on the program whenever the Razorbacks were playing them or, or what have you. But uh, yeah, he got himself an education. And then he got into the real estate market. And then when that collapsed, he got into the the uh, natural gas market and then uh, got tired of that and went into the hemp market. And, uh, hey, he's building something. He That's something that creates something out of, well, almost nothing. You know, you, you, you build a job for yourself. And then uh, once it gets too big to, for you to handle yourself, you, you hire some people. So that's nice. He's building an, a little economy, a little mini economy. I like people that can build things. And um, so if you get a chance, check out Jeff Green. He's on YouTube, uh, Facebook, Instagram. Find all his links in the show notes right there down below, wherever you're listening to him. So, yeah, I, I'm, kind of, I'm very excited and very happy to know jeff green and all the things that he's doing with hemp hey he's not uh he's not uh sitting around you know just getting high all the time uh I, i'm not sure really how much he partakes uh, if at all you know in the in the thc if in the uh, uh the the drug effects but he certainly does take advantage of the of the cbd and the and the hemp and the um and the different things that you could do with that. That's kind of cool. Uh, thanks for a little education, Jeff Green. I look forward to following you around on Facebook and, and finding out more, even more about what you're doing. <laughs> Let's catch up real soon. Thanks for being on the program, the What Makes You Famous podcast. All right. Now I'm turning my attention to you. If you would like to tell your story, I encourage you to give me a call. 501 501- Four seven zero six three eight six or email info at radiowhat.com. Hey, I know if you're watching the video version, you'll see all the stuff that's scrolling next to me, the karaoke and the and the DJ stuff. But then you'll see Keys Dan Gaming. I play some video games too. Uh, I've been playing a lot of Fortnite lately. So if you if you want to watch me fail miserably at Fortnite, I encourage you to check out hashtag Keys Dan Gaming. Find me on Twitch. And find me on Facebook Gaming, and you can watch me play Fortnite. Or if you want to play something else, maybe um, you know, if you want to play a double uh, with me or or a squad with me in a certain game, give me a suggestion. I'll download that thing, Toot Sweet, and uh, maybe we could play together. That'll be fun. I like that. I like building communities and and talking to people. So hey, that's it for this edition of What Makes You Famous. I'm Keys Dan. RadioWhat.com, DJLittleRock.com. Peace. I'm out of here. Be on Radio What. Call 501-470-6386. Say your name, where you're from, and you're listening to what? The music you want is on 
RadioWhat.com. Radio What, the music you want. Hey guys, this is Shelly G with a fast fact. The first TV interview was made with Irish actress Peggy O'Neill in April 1930. Do you have a fast fact? Share it with us at Interactive Radio, RadioWhat.com. If you like what you hear, follow What Makes You Famous social media. Use the hashtag What Makes You Famous. Follow on Facebook at What Makes You Famous. Follow on Instagram at What Makes You Famous. Follow on Twitter at Makes Famous. And follow on YouTube at Keys Dan. Leave What Makes You Famous podcast a review and subscribe. Listen to What Makes You Famous podcast on Podbean, iTunes, YouTube, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and Spotify, and almost anywhere you find podcasts. Tell your story on my podcast, What Makes You Famous. Call 501-470-6386 and leave a message to set up a time. You can support What Makes You Famous using the PayPal link, paypal.me forward slash keys dan email info at radio what.com what makes you famous podcast is a production of keys dan enterprises incorporated at keys dan.com thank you for listening <laughs>